0: At the end of the day, it comes down to profit drivers as well. And you have to have major profit drivers. Mm -hmm. What that means is you have to have reasons for people to come into an area. And most good areas
1: have multiple profit drivers. You know, it's easier to go into a saturated market, you know, get your unfair share of business compared to going into a market and creating that demand. Yeah, And so the profit drivers play into that. Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast
0: what's up guys welcome to another episode of the vacation rental revolution podcast i'm your host sean moore and i'm here with our acquisitions manager mr jacob payne thanks for joining me brother
1: our student i've been here two years i know first, first time on first time on the podcast old, old jacob
0: has to he, he's uh he's the kind of the brains and behind looking over all of the deals for our members and so one of the things we have here at Odyssey is we've got a mentorship coaching program part of that coaching program is teaching people how to underwrite these deals because the name of the game for any successful investor is buying the right property in the right market, right? It's a, it's a critical component to it. Jacob is our acquisitions manager and has his um, a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the short-term rental market when it comes to acquiring the right properties, understanding income, understanding how to underwrite these deals. And Jacob's role in Vodacy is to help all of our members really look over their shoulder, make sure the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. We teach them how to underwrite. It's one thing when you're underwriting one or two deals for your first time, yep. or in your case, where you've underwritten thousands of deals over the years, right? And we've looked at so many different properties and so many different markets and being able to identify some of the little nuances. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna talk a little bit about that today, you guys. And so I'm gonna to talk to Jacob about some of the, the common mistakes that people make when they're underwriting properties, some of the things that he looks for on our team. And when we're going into different markets and looking for emerging markets, looking for different opportunities within markets and what that looks like. Because like I said, the very first part of successful investing is getting the right product in the first place and selecting the right market that's investable that can help you meet your property goals. One of the things that I always say is one, you got to when you start anything, you got to identify your outcome. And then you got to select a vehicle that can help you achieve that outcome. And selecting a vehicle is more than just going and buying a property like if we if you identify in our case, short term rentals can't just go buy any short term rental, right? I mean, you've seen that so many times that some markets work, some markets don't work, some properties work, some some properties don't work. I always say there's good properties and bad properties in every market, but mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of different things to look at. So what do you think some of the most common mistakes people make when they go into these markets, when they're starting to mm-hmm. say, okay, I, I like short-term rentals, I want to go buy short-term rentals. What are some of the things that you see that you're saying, hey, okay, over and over, I notice that people are making this mistake or this assumption?
1: Yeah, great question. It really comes down to knowing the numbers of the market, um, knowing that revenue range, right? So Every market's gonna have a low point and a high point. Each property gonna fall somewhere on that scale. The biggest mistake I see p- people make is probably not knowing where to put the, each individual property, yeah. not underwriting it correctly. The numbers aren't right. So um, typically, it's usually higher um, that are high on the estimate versus lower. And so really finding good comps in the market and knowing yeah. those numbers is the number one mistake I see. Yeah,
0: now, I, I couldn't agree more. I always say, you know, one, we want the easy button in mm-hmm. today's day and age, right? right? And there's so many software tools that claim, hey, plug your address in, plug right. the market in, go ahead and I'll tell you how much revenue you're gonna make. And mm-hmm. I haven't seen a marketing yeah, yeah. tool that actually gives them a, a decent range that's realistic, right? right? and that range can be really, really wide, and I think mm-hmm. that I totally agree with you. Biggest misconceptions is, and it ends up being a mistake, for a lot of new investors is that they dive into the game and they don't realize what that range is, right. first of all, mm-hmm. and then they don't realize how wide that range is. Right. right? And
1: certain things to do to get on top of that range or stay, yeah. in, stay in the middle. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, you know, we preach about having great photo shoots and great listings, stuff like that. People go with a very average listing and just wanna be at the very top one. That's yeah. not, not achievable.
0: You're not gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. There's levers you have to pull. If you're not willing to pull those levers, right. you're not gonna raise on the price tiers within that market range, mm-hmm, right? Definitely. And so, and it makes it really difficult to underwrite if you're just saying, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick somewhere in the middle of the market or I'm gonna go to these software tools, plug in my address and mm-hmm. take that number. If you don't know, like what if they told you let, let's say the revenue range in a market is from 50000 to 150000 And that's yeah. not unlikely in some scenarios, right? right. right? That's a, mm-hmm. And you're like, man, that's a $100,000 swing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a big swing. So how are you accurately going to underwrite something if you don't even understand how to dial in where you're going to be on that Exactly. Range? And let's say the software tool comes out and says, okay, you're going to be at $90,000. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, that sounds good. I can underwrite that. But you don't even know what it takes to be Yeah, because that's above the mid-scale, you know, you're kind of Mm -hmm. upscale, not quite at the top of the market, but you're above the average. Yeah. What does that take? Is the proximity correct? Is the experience you're selling Mm -hmm. correct? The software tools can't judge. They can judge proximity right? because they can judge the location because Mm -hmm. that's a static thing that that the software tool can judge, but that's it. There's way more things than just location that makes a difference on your revenue. doesn't dive into any of the amenities, like experience you have to offer. So, yeah, totally agree. Awesome. And so I I totally agree. That's one of the biggest things that a lot of new investors and, and seasoned investors, mm-hmm. really. I mean, sure. it's crazy how many people come to us and they own a lot of properties and mm-hmm. they're fairly seasoned investors and they still miss that mark on, on yep. the underwriting. What about markets? Are there are there markets that you guys that that and you guys being us right. are, that we're looking <laughs> at that you're excited about right now? Are there markets that you feel like are a little tougher? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the markets that you're finding that seem to be more investable mm-hmm. than others right now? Yeah, okay. so
1: Intermountain West, where we live, you know, um, it's tough to cash flow right now appreciation that last couple years have gone through the roof not saying it's impossible but definitely more of a challenge so the eastern half of the U.S. is probably where my where I lean to right now. Where we own properties, you know, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida is always a hot spot. So, kind of that eastern half is where I would okay. point to. Yeah,
0: because the and the reason for that is, you guys listening, the reason for that is the ratio between mm-hmm. acquisition costs. Because you're mentioning acquisition costs is so high, right. Versus the revenue they generate, mm-hmm. right? In the beginning, we we're talking about revenue, and we have to judge the investability based on that ratio, yeah. right? How much are we paying? How much can we make? And right. What does that look like? We want to pay low, make high. Yeah, out west like you're saying Intermountain West, you got a high acquisition cost versus the revenue that they right. generate. Not that they don't generate revenue, mm-hmm. it's just that ratio is not as favorable up. for us as investors. And yep. so I, I like that in Southeast is where we're, we yep. like the Southeast, mm-hmm. the Eastern part of the US. We're looking at some of the the college town markets. Right, yeah, those are really be, big right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and, and a lot of those are smaller markets. When, Definitely. You, when you look, I mean, you can invest in them. I mean, sub 300 in a lot of these yeah. college towns, mm-hmm. right? In major colleges Definitely. and those are major profit
1: drivers. Right, I mean, those college towns like, you know, the big SEC schools, game days are huge out there, graduation, so many college related events that bring people to the market. So yeah, yeah those do really well.
0: Yeah, good. There is one thing that can make or break your success with short-term rentals, and that's your ability to provide your guests with an amazing night's rest. We all know how crucial a good night's sleep is for our guests, and that perfect night's sleep completely depends on your choice of mattresses. While that sounds simple, it can be an overwhelming decision to select the correct mattress for your vacation rentals. Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. We're taking all of the guesswork out of selecting the perfect mattress system. We've been testing and perfecting the perfect mattress program for over two years, and we've partnered with one of the top mattress manufacturers to bring you the customized Vodacy Sleep System. The best part is we've secured an exclusive deal that gives you a fantastic 55% off these amazing custom mattresses. Personally, I have these custom mattresses in every one of my short term rentals and the feedback has been incredible. We love them so much that we even got them in our own personal homes here in Utah. These mattresses are built to order and they're gonna ship to you within five to seven business days at the time of your order. This ensures that these mattresses are not sitting in a box and damaging the integrity of the mattress over time, which is what you will find in many big box stores. So visit VodacySleepSystem.com and use the promo code PODCAST. It's all caps at checkout to get 55% off. That is your key to wholesale pricing on all the Vodacy mattresses. Again, that's sleepsystem.com and use the code PODCAST, all caps at checkout. And the Vodacy Sleep System, you guys, was built to help you elevate your short-term rental guest experience, which is going to result in and more money in your pocket. It combines unmatched comfort, personalized perfection, and top-notch quality at ridiculously low prices. The deal is perfect for elevating the sleep experience for all of your guests in your short-term rentals, as well as for the sleep for you and your family at home. So head over to vodessysleepsystem.com, use the promo code PODCAST, all caps, to order yours today. Cheers, my friends. Are you, uh, like when we're looking at some of these markets and you put it together and then we publish it and send Mm -hmm. it out kind of every quarter, we kind of identify our top 10 markets. And we try to do different price tiers, Right, we, right. When we're looking at it, we say, okay, let's let's look, you know, sub 300, mm-hmm. three hundred, let's look through, you know, three to five, and then we'll look over five right. um for different people that are looking in different price tiers um to to find out the investability. But at the end of the day it comes down to profit drivers as well and you have to have major profit drivers Mm -hmm. what that means is you have to have reasons for people to come into an area and most good areas have multiple profit drivers it Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you don't have a target audience that's coming in for one profit driver but right most of the major markets that have good investability they have like even the college towns they'll Mm -hmm. have the college stuff, but then they might have some state parks or they might have some other things that are going on. Yeah.
1: I've heard you say in the past before, you know, it's easier to go into a saturated market, saturated Mm -hmm. and go, you know, get your unfair share of business compared to going into a market and creating that demand. Yeah. And so the profit drivers play into that.
0: Let's talk about saturation. like. When you're underwriting markets, mm-hmm. when you're going through this, do you even look at saturation? Do you care? Do you, is it even a factor when you're saying, okay, I, I want to be here. Or I don't want to be here. What, what
1: is your? Uh... Honestly, I probably don't pay too much attention to it on the, if it's on a higher side, So, like Orlando, for example, thousands of properties, um, right. you can still go in there and do okay. But if it's on the lower side, say there's a market that only has, you know, 10 active properties, it's harder to go in there and again, create that demand. So I don't pay too much attention to it. I like those bigger markets. Yeah. So, and, and it's uh, interesting because that's
0: the exact opposite of how most people feel. Mm-hmm. They feel right. like, and I think that this is another one of those mistakes or misconceptions, they feel like that, oh this market's big, it's mm-hmm. saturated, there's too much competition, yep. I need to find these smaller markets with less competition, it's gonna be easier for me to stand mm-hmm. out. And That's not the case, yeah. we,
1: we know that not to, to not be true. For right? sure, not saying those small markets can't are terrible investments, nope. sometimes they can go and still be really good, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, saturation, there's more demand in those saturated areas. So yeah. And like you mentioned smaller markets, some of these smaller markets are really fun mm-hmm. and really investable,
0: but you really you have to really know a lot more about it, right? Yeah. When, when some of our members send us the smaller markets mm-hmm sometimes it's actually harder for you and I Definitely. to underwrite those because yeah. we always say that you're, those types of markets, you have to have more intimate knowledge of the market, for right? Sure. You, you should really understand that market at mm-hmm. a more intimate level okay. and have personal experience in that mm-hmm. market so that you can, because as we go through some of the profit drivers, who the target audiences are, in the bigger markets, we can look that stuff up
1: really, really easy right. and we can run the numbers and we can identify that. In small markets, it's a little harder to do, right? Yeah, and yeah. the risk tolerance of the investor needs to be higher yeah. in the smaller markets. So. Um, with less data, it's, you know, we can't pull numbers out of thin air. So right. less data to look at, you know, risk tolerance needs to be a little bit higher. Because so. we're
0: speculating a right. little bit more, right? Mm-hmm.
1: There's just not enough data to pull, to look at, to aggregate, and right.
0: put together, to paint good, a good picture. When we're underwriting, you're typically looking at markets that have at least 100 properties or more mm-hmm. in, in a similar property type that we can analyze and underwrite right. so mm-hmm. that we feel like we've got enough data to aggregate and, and make good decisions. Exactly. On. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. When it comes to, like, w- we talk about the importance of the market we talk about the importance of the property what do you what is your opinion on proximity it's obvious in a beach town the top properties are going to be on the beach right. in a ski town if you're skiing ski out right but right. you can still make money being off of the off the beaten path sure. a little bit right yeah. so but how much, you know, and, and this is where it comes down to really understanding that revenue range, I mm-hmm. think, and saying, okay, you know, I know this revenue range is here. You're not on the beach. Your proximity is not uh, on the ski hill or ski and ski out or wherever it is that, that is the, the real great location mm-hmm. in that market. Right. But your acquisition price is going to be mm-hmm. a lot lower. And so if I know that revenue range, I'm saying, okay, I might, I might be down a price tier or two mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm not, my proximity is not ideal, but I also paid less for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my revenue looks pretty good. There's many times where being a few rows off the beach Mm -hmm. because of how much less you pay Mm -hmm. can be even more investable than being on the beach.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it kind of depends on the market. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, you mentioned ski towns. If you're more than 30 minutes away, it's hard to, you know, kind of say, hey, I'm close to the ski hill. No one's going to go ski for a full day and drive 30 minutes home. But if you're on the beach, I think if you're a couple of rows back, you know, still some good properties there. So I would say if you're sub 30 minutes away, you can still kind of market your property to. That big attraction, you right. know, and like you said, depending on the attraction, right? Mm-hmm. And the same
0: beaches, you probably want to be within five minutes of the beach, right? right? Mm-hmm. Ski Hill 30 minutes. It It's yeah. wintertime. It's snowing. Mm-hmm. People are like driving on snowy roads. They don't want to drive that far right. in the mountains, yeah. right? And a lot mm-hmm. of people are not used to driving in those conditions. And so you have to really say, okay, you might think you're pretty close, but you're really not. Right. right. And so proximity is, I'm glad you brought that up. It's very dependent mm-hmm. on the type of location you're in, the the profit driver that the the proximity is, right? I've got a property in Destin. I'm a walk mm-hmm. from the beach, but it, I can't walk there. Right, I have to drive around. I have to get mm-hmm. in the car. We have to, you know, we don't have good beach access because mm-hmm. right across the street from us is a major resort, yeah, and they have all the beach access there. Mm-hmm. We have to go way down the road to the public beach access. So even though my proximity on a map looks really, really good, right. and the and the software tools that I plugged right. in, the I'll mm-hmm. they give me a false sense of how much money I'm going to make because of my proximity. And my yeah. proximity is not that good.
1: Actually. Yeah, that makes it think of another point too. You probably never buy a property site unseen. For yeah. that example, right there you know if you say read the description hey I'm one block off the beach you know great I'm just gonna buy it and then go see it later yeah go and check that out beforehand absolutely what about regulations yeah, they're definitely getting a little more strict in certain areas. Um, I'd say the bigger cities um, are getting more regulated. For example, Nashville, I know, is getting pretty strict. They're always changing, so I'd always just recommend to stay up on. Them. That's the the key point there. They mm-hmm. that
0: that seems like it's an ever changing world. Right? Yeah, in definitely the, the, the short term rental world. The last couple of years, we saw sweeping regulations hit the hit mm-hmm. the short term rental world, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's kind of settled down a little bit. The last yeah. you you know this we're we're rolling into twenty twenty four now, and it seems to have settled down. at really, 2022. Mm-hmm they really start mm. regulating things hard. You really have to watch it. I mean, it's, yeah. and when we start underwriting properties, it's one of the very first things you're looking, exactly. at, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not even, and I mean, before we even look if a property mm-hmm. or an area is investable, because there's always properties in all these markets that are really restricted, right? right. You go into, mm-hmm. you go into markets that you're not going to be able to operate as a short-term rental. We mm-hmm. know you can't get a permit. There are properties on Airbnb. There's going to be properties right. on the data tools showing income, which they do, but you're not going to be able to do it, or you're taking a risk. You might be shut down tomorrow, exactly, and so it's the it's the very first thing that is overlooked Mm -hmm. on underwriting. Yes. I mean, how many times do people get down the road? And even even in our mentorship, group, they send us in properties, Mm -hmm. you're reviewing them, you're looking and saying, I don't, they can't operate as a short term rail here, right? Right. And so which is why we like looking over everybody's shoulder, Mm -hmm. because there are things that we're
1: used to looking at just on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. right? And And there's levels to the regulations too i mean you got hoa you check your city your state so there's definitely there's a lot of due diligence to do and that's why i think people kind of skip it sometimes they do it's a pain mm-hmm. and it is it really is a pain there's not like a great
0: spot that you can just go and find out whether you can yeah. operate a short-term rental mm-hmm. right you really have to dive into the county the city the mm-hmm. hoa if you're a part of one and there's a late there's layers of rules and regulations that you're gonna have to follow and yeah and it, and it is a pain but it's a necessary evil and you either do it or you you're, you're, I mean, you're just rolling the dice. Exactly. It's, it becomes a very risky proposition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, starting with the rules and regulations, Looking at the acquisition cost mm-hmm. versus the revenue potential uh, right. ratio, right, mm-hmm. to decide if something's investable. And then identifying your property goals. I mean, yep. how many times mm-hmm. when somebody's buying a property and you're looking at it, the very first thing you ask them, because I know we wrote the questions, yeah. and, and, is <laughs> what are your property goals, right? right? Is yeah. this going to be strictly an investment? What is mm-hmm. the outcome you're after with this property? Are you going to use it personally? How much are you going to use it personally? Mm-hmm. Because that, that all affects the investability of, an, of a market, but a property. For somebody could have a break-even property in the ideal location for them and their family, and it's a lifestyle asset. Right. That somebody else is paying for that could be a great investment for them. For sure, and it might not be a great investment for the person who is looking more for for the cash flow, mm-hmm. and they're not going to use the property. And
1: so, yeah, it, it's really important also to uh, to identify what those property goals are, right. and being really clear about it. Yeah, and then there's factors. I mean, say a property's not cash flowing, like you said, it could still be a great fit to their portfolio because the appreciation, tax benefits. So. Really identifying those is a major, you know, first step to do. Everybody listening, not everybody's a bodice member Mm -hmm. listening but it's,
0: uh, and I know you're used to working just w- within our membership group and mm-hmm. sending in these properties. But if, you, if you're like, hey, listen guys, you're listening to this, here's the takeaways I'd love you to d- get from this episode of understanding acquisition, how important it is, what are mm-hmm. some of those things that we, w- I'm sure it's just a recap
1: of what we talked yeah, about. Yeah, definitely is. I mean, definitely understanding your underwriting, number one, knowing where your property's gonna fall on that revenue range and knowing how to get that revenue range. So if you don't know how to get it, I mean, that's yes. hard to take the next step. So understanding your underwriting, regulations is big. And then lastly, just your property goals.
0: And and I, I couldn't agree more. And like you said, understanding your underwriting. Those mm-hmm. of you listening, that is that's understanding how to run the numbers, yep. and where to get the numbers, yep. and making sure you're getting good data for that. Those numbers, mm-hmm. you know, garbage in is garbage out. You got to make sure you're putting and pulling good numbers. Yep. They're accurate to help mm-hmm. you make good, solid predictions. Right? Definitely. So awesome, man. Well, listen, I appreciate it. That's fun. Of course. Years, it hey. only took us two right, years Right to next to door, together. dude. Anytime, anytime you need me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know we, we just, we, I, I mean, you hear everybody. Yeah, yeah I hear, I I hear the podcast live, so. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up today. I hope you got some value out of this. It is a very, very important topic for those of you buying properties is obviously understanding your numbers, Acquiring the right property, selecting the right locations to ultimately succeed with your investments in short term rentals. And so we appreciate you joining us today. We know how valuable your time is. And as always, I love it when you spend it with us. I always ask you two favors at the end of every episode. The first one is if you got any value out of this, give us a thumbs up, like it, review it if you have more than 30 seconds on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. If you have somebody else in your world that would love listening to all things short term rentals, share the show with them. We'd love to have and grow this audience, and that stuff does really help us. And we really appreciate it. For those of you listening, and then that that final thing and the last thing and the most important thing that I ask you at the end of every episode is go pick that one thing you can do today start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from cheers my friends
1: thanks for joining us on this episode of the vacation rental revolution podcast share this with other people you think need to hear about it and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review hey grace is there a website yes For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next
0: episode.